If you find the real estate market stressful, confusing, and complicated, then you've come to the right place. Stay tuned as Randy and his expert guests dispel the myths and give you a dose of reality. It's Real Estate Revealed. And here's your host, Chicagoland's premier home appraiser, Randy Barcella. A very enthusiastic and exciting welcome to Real Estate Revealed, and I am Randy Barcella. It is always a joy for me to be with you every Sunday morning. I am happy that you tuned in. Okay, today's special show, Home Insurance. What is it? Uh, is Do you get the cheapest one? Uh, do you shop for just price or do you have enough? Well, you'll find out when you have to make a claim all about your homeowner's insurance. But to educate us, as he always does, is the premier certified financial planner. Yeah, Gary Bronner from Country Financial. Also, landlord best practices or how not to get sued by your tenant. Oh, my gosh. Uh, in studio is the premier real estate attorney, both commercial and residential. Yeah, that's Vincent Arricchio. Um, Best home staging advice a good realtor will give you, but um, who other than the premier realtor herself and the best home stager herself to share with us her proven tips? Yeah, that's Paula Avenham from At Properties. Wow. Um, And do you think FHA, if you're going FHA for a mortgage, do you think that there's going to be an FHA inspector who comes out and will call for a lot of repairs? I don't know. Well, me, Randy Barcella, I will dispel all the myths versus reality here about FHA and repairs. Yes, we do have a packed house this morning with a lot of valuable information. So get a paper and pencil ready. Um, good morning, Gary Browner. Good morning, Randy. Good morning, Paula. Good, good morning, morning, Vince. Yeah. So this is a really great topic. Home insurance, homeowners insurance. Uh, a lot of people before closing, well, you have to show up at a certificate right. of home, you know, casualty, life, right. whatever it is. But then a perfect example before you even start, I went on vacation um, this is like 10 years ago, and I thought I had full coverage on my house. I went for a long weekend, Thursday to Sunday. I came back home. Power went out for a day or two, the neighbor said. Mm-hmm. I had a quarter inch of water in a quarter percent of my basement. Right. And I called my insurance agent. Oh, no, you're not covered. Why not? He says, you had to have some pump insurance. I says, get out of here. What are you kidding? Are you kidding me? I said, you better tell me what I do and do not have, and I want this completely detailed before... I go back with you for another year of premium, but uh, you're the expert, buddy. Well, what I find a lot of times, people are out there and they're they're looking at that trusted professional of the insurance agent and thinking, okay, he's giving he or she is giving me adequate coverage, and so they and the insurance agent is probably just doing something along the the typical one hundred or three hundred thousand or maybe a three hundred thousand liability, et cetera. So what happens is there's no asking questions about what the clients are worth. What's their, it, what, what are some of their concerns? And when I was a wealth management advisor in the banks, I was, my first visit with a client would be bring in your auto and home policies so we can examine those liability limits on those policies. Make sure they kind of match up to your net worth. Because what I always tell stress the clients, use the insurance company's money, not your money in a lawsuit. So a lot of times people would be worth maybe a million, two million, three million dollars, and they would have... The state minimum on the auto insurance, 25000 50000 300000 liability on the home. It's kind of like if something happens, and I'll give you a good example of something that could happen. On our property alone, we had a three-level fort in the back. And in six months of the year, you couldn't even see it because it's all covered by the trees. And But now my kids are 20 and 24, 
So now you will use it as your man cave. Well, I, nah, there's no electricity running out there. Okay. But I do have a drink and a smoke out there with all my right. cigars. Like all that. right. But okay. So I took all, I took the ladders off it. I took uh, the slide off it. I nailed and screwed shut the door and thought nothing happened. A couple months later, I go back out there. I look and lo and behold, there's a little little chairs out there. They even had a rope off the railing off the third level. I'm thinking, man, just some kid just you know jumped and got his you know hung by it or something like that. The liability issues alone. And I even had no trespassing signs. I'm not sure if these kids were old enough to read or not, but you know it's just the idea that they don't, that those kind of things won't protect you. So that's why you should have proper coverage. And to give you an idea of what a million dollars of liability would cost. On our country financial home policy, it's only eighty-three dollars a year to have a million dollars of liability. Really? Yeah. It's cheap. You, I mean, you're getting the biggest bang for your buck right there, in just going from that three hundred thousand, which is maybe going to be around forty or fifty dollars a year, to eighty-three dollars a year for a million dollars of liability coverage. And you, 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 if you need more. They have umbrella policies, which you can cover beyond mm. that. I, I learned the hard way, but it took twenty years of learning uh, and being a part of the show and talking to a lot of people and listening to you. I, I'm completely covered with everything that I ever need. But if you're a homeowner and you're going to buy a house right now, don't just shop online for the cheapest price because you've got to show up at your closing with a insurance certificate. You have to cons- consult with your insurance agent and find out, are you single? Are you married? How many kids do you have? What are you worth? Like Gary was just saying, right, Gary? Or even something that I see where the mortgage... A uh, lender will go to that insurance agent and say, no, I, I need you to bring that premium down a little bit because it's got to fit in on their income level so they can qualify for the mortgage. But then they never oh, go back and really? revisit that and m- increase the coverages. And so it's too often. And like, like yourself, you said you inherited a, a, an insurance agent, didn't have any meetings with you probably. When I switched from banking to country financial, I would ask my clients, let's do an insurance portfolio I review. I love that, Gary, that you go over their portfolios with them. But then I have some clients, they're, they're so ingrained in their mind that, okay, this guy's coming over to try and sell me something. So I don't want to meet with him. And so I'm an, I make an assumption that, okay, if this client does not want to meet with me, they must be, they must know what they have. Because I'm assuming every client is smart enough to know. No, not really. They're, they're afraid. And it's I confusing. Have a, I had a good example of somebody who had a uh, home in the Chain of Lakes area had a, a small flood, and he I, I had him for as a client for seven years, and uh, he wasn't covered because he didn't have the proper coverage on his policy, like you mentioned about your basement. And but I, and he's complaining to me, why didn't you tell me? I go, well, I, I said, you, I thought you knew what you bought. You never wanted to meet with me. You never wanted to review. So it's kind of like I have to assume that you know what you purchased. You're a knowledgeable consumer. And, uh, and what about now, Gary? Uh, it's icy on the roof. It could be some back damming into the eaves and gutters. It could be you left your hose connected and it's frozen. You got leaking in the basement. Somebody shows up to visit you. They slip and fall on your front porch with the ice. Is that all covered? That's covered. And that's where also the, the homeowner has a responsibility of inspecting their property on a regular basis. It's a, it's a, insurance is a two-way street. We also, I know there's a reason why you're part of the show, Gary. You know everything. <laughs> But no, I mean, the clients have to have some responsibility in that sense, going up into their attic and seeing if there is any, you know, any issues with damming of the ice, you know, in that in those areas. Maybe there's something leaking into one of the bedrooms. And so just take some responsibility, a little bit of time out of your day and the insurance companies will cover it. But if you wait too long and it's an issue now, it's got mold, et cetera, you know, it could be we're not going to cover it because it's an issue that's been going on for years, possibly. Wow. Wow. Amazing. 
But no, we've even had issues like that where uh, we have some pump coverage and we had a stupid plumber one time and he caused an issue in our basement and the sewage flooded into our basement. No way. Oh, my uh, gosh. It was terrible. I'll tell you. Oh, and uh, but you know, country was fantastic. And this is before I started working with country. Uh, they covered everything. They were great about it. And um, you know, so it's just the idea that I always recommend to clients sit down. If you don't sit down with your, ins- your insurance agent, sit down with your financial advisor and financial planner and let them review your papers. Uh, your how many years uh, would you say once a year, once every three years, contact you, Gary, and so you could go over their plans with them and see what coverage they have and don't have? Well, I would make it, if, you, if that person is new to you, make it very important that they sit down and review with you their coverages. And like some clients won't, won't trust giving financial information over to a uh, insurance agent, but they may, with their financial advisor or financial planner, be more open to saying, okay, I'm worth $5 million. Okay, I do need that $4 million umbrella policy on top of my million dollars of liability on the home. Also, some people are vastly underinsured under on their auto policies. So how can somebody get a hold of you for your great advice and your checklist with well, their, if they have enough insurance for the home or not? They can call me on my cell phone, 630-863-4775. As my phone is on from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. every day. Or you can reach out on the www.realestaterevealed website and go to my bio and click on my website and you can pull down my contact information from there. Gary Bronner, Country Financial, the insurance expert. Wow, I learned something today about homeowner's insurance. Wow. And speaking of great information, landlord best practices or how, how not to get sued by your tenant. Wow. In studio is the premier real estate attorney, both commercial and residential. Yeah, that's Vincent Arricchio. Good morning, Vincent. Good morning, Randy. This is so a happy topic to be here. here. Landlords and tenants. Yes, yes. And please, anything I say, you'll notice anything I say will not in any way disparage tenants, but it's a way for landlords to treat their tenants fairly. I love it. And how to keep good dialogue and good relationship going. So, f- yeah, yeah. The first thing is uh, tips to keep your record keeping in order. A little teaser is the next one is laws to follow to avoid major But you're a teaser as always, and we're coming up to a quick break. Oh, my God. Vincent Arricchio, the premier real estate attorney, uh, both commercial and residential. This is great information about tenants. And so you don't want to miss this one. But we're coming up to a quick break. I'm Randy Barcella, your show host. And uh, thank you all so much for making us your Sunday habit. Without you, we are not here week after month after year. And also in studio is Paula Avenham from At Property. She's going to be on the show next after Vincent. Um, hey, when was the last time you got out to the website? Realestaterevealed.com. R-E-V-E-A-L-E-D.com. We'll be right back with more of Vincent Arricchio. You're listening to Real Estate Revealed. With Randy Barcella. And it's always, always so good to be with you every Sunday morning. Hey, welcome back to Real Estate Revealed. I'm Randy Barcella, your show host. And uh, you're listening to the Real Estate Revealed radio show. Enjoyed every Sunday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. And right before the break, we are with the premier attorney, real estate attorney, both commercial and residential, uh, Vincent Arricchio, talking about some really great topics about tenants' rights and landlords. Vincent. Randy, you're too kind. Thank you. Well, my first tip is, believe it or not, a lot of landlords don't do this, and I recommend it thoroughly, that you segregate an account 
for security deposits. What does that mean? You have your little operating account, you have your personal account. If you have a building, if you have tenants, if you have a rental income stream, uh, you want to keep the security deposit in a separate checking account. Go to Chase Bank, go to any bank and set up a separate business account and just deposit security deposits. Maybe you're blessed. Maybe you have five buildings. Maybe you have 20 tenants. You don't need five accounts. You don't need 20 accounts. You just need one account to keep everyone's security deposit. Good idea. The second thing is keep a ledger. Sounds crazy, right? A weird word. I've been told that in business for 30 years now. you got to write things down. I know. but You have to write things down. When I hear ledger, I think of like, you know, Charles Dickens and Bob Cratchit, you know, like they're all there with their inkwells. No, it's literally an Excel spreadsheet with two two columns uh, or or three columns or more. You got name, month, and then the collection amount. Keep track of what you collect from your tenants. And date it. And date it, of course. The next is, don't laugh, but... Physical folders. You know those manila folders with the cutouts at the top where you just keep a physical I have file. them here in the radio. St- I, I, I use these all the time. Yeah. And I know we're all tech. Exactly. I know Paula Avenham at Properties. Yeah, yeah. I know we're all techies and, and everyone wants to be on computers. No, my friends, you know, get a printer, print it out. Keep separate file folders. You could do it by the unit. And just through the years have, you know, everyone's stuff for for each unit on top of each other. Or better yet, you could do it separately for each tenant. And then if you ever have any trouble, you ever have to find anything. Each tenant has a different maybe rent, different concerns. Maybe somebody has wheelchaired, somebody has special needs, every you know, whatever. You have a nice I profile for every tenant. Yeah, I would prefer and recommend you do it for each tenant. I know you're going to have year over year turnover. That's but, nothing. But it's better than how, just how do it by it? unit. But at a minimum. Once a week, 10 minutes, write down what you did. Exactly. The next is you can have your electronic computer files match your physical files. You know, Microsoft Office has the pictures of the little folders. You should do that for um, on a computer file. And then last, lastly, you know, if you're returning any money to a tenant, have them sign just their name and date a piece of paper confirming the money returned. I know yeah. you could do a check, yes, but just have them write that they confirm they received it. Good. Um, before moving on to laws, I will say it's best to communicate by email and not text. I have so many landlords. I don't like text. I have so many landlords that oh tell me. Oh my gosh, texts are so misunderstanding. Yes. Taken out of control, out of wrong text. Well, what a lot of people don't realize is they're also, although it's easy to print out, they're also, if you ever have any trouble or or you got to um, uh, go to court, uh, texts are a nightmare. Like you got to get an expert from the AT&T or from T-Mobile. You got to pay $5,000 to have them come into court. With emails, you literally can print them out, attach it. You don't need somebody from Google there. Uh, You you say someone, this is what an email you sent me. Now, as to the laws to follow to avoid major headaches... You know, first, you always give a signed copy of the lease to the tenant. I've literally had some scenarios where the landlord or the tenant will only have half of a lease. Uh, they'll only have the signature from the tenant or they'll only have the signature of the, of the landlord. You don't want that. Uh, give a complete signed copy. And if you're just tuning in, you're listening to the Real Estate Reveal radio show. Enjoy it every Sunday morning, 8 to 9 a.m., I'm Randy Barcella, your show host, and we're talking with Vincent Arricchio. He's the premier commercial and residential attorney. He's got great, valuable advice he's sharing with us uh, with what tenants can do uh, and what uh, the landlord can do. And it's very educational, Vincent. 
Well, thank you. Also, if you're a landlord, you know, always give a paper receipt for the security deposits you received. In Chicago, there's something called the RLTO, the Residential Landlord Tenant Ordinance. That's a law. It's required that you do that. Uh, Another thing that's required in Chicago is you have to give a copy of the law staple it to the back of the lease, even if it's just a summary. I didn't know that. Oh, oh yeah. is that important? Yeah, yeah, I didn't know that either. There's a summary sheet mm. that, that us lawyers recommend using, but it's an RLTO law summary that you literally have to hand along with the lease. I love it. And a lot of... Inex- it's in writing. It's, it's cool. in writing. Let them sign it that they received it too. Yes, yes. And then also, this one's going to sound crazy. I got a very brief story, but you got to put the name and address in detail of the bank on the front of the le- of the lease. Oh wow, I didn't know that either. I'm getting a really great education. This in Chicago, this is required, and oh, there my are gosh. tenants' rights lawyers who make they do their job. Uh, they make a lot of money representing uh, tenants who have leases without the address of a bank on it. And my quick story is, I had a client who had Chase Bank. Two words. He got sued for not having the address of what where the bank is for the deposit of the security deposit yeah, funds. Particular. And you need an address. And my client's like, it's a bank. Chase Bank's on every corner. I'm like, just pick an address. I don't care if you pick the main branch downtown. If you pick two North LaSalle, just pick an address. Randy, another one is uh, put the address and phone number of a contact person for the owner or the landlord. That is required. You can't didn't know that either. You can't. Ha- wow. Yeah. And uh, a lot of buildings in Chicago will have property manager signs like near the front door. You know, if there's trouble, if you need anything, call this number. But you got to put that on the lease. Um, and, and that's another. You know what? Realtors law. listen to the show this morning are going to play this section over again and take notes. Yeah. Good information. Great. Um, Then, uh, you know, this one's a little more amorphous out there, but never leave threatening voicemails. Never leave threatening emails or texts for your tenant. What you're doing is you're just inviting trouble. Um, If you have a worrisome tenant, if you think as a landlord that uh, things... What about late at night, drunk dialing? Yes. uh, And you're saying things you wouldn't want to say as a landlord or tenant. It's not only bad for boyfriends and girlfriends, but it's also bad for uh, landlords and property (laughs) managers, Randy. Love it. Love it. But now, like, if you have some sort of ongoing trouble with your tenant, you should put it in writing in letter form or very politely, you can send an email, but no, don't, I wouldn't leave voicemails. I wouldn't do texts. Uh, not a good idea. And then lastly, if there's ever any illegal activity going on, you as a landlord, you have a duty to immediately contact the police and also get an eviction case going um, be, to protect the other tenants. So actually, if you're aware of like any, unfortunately, sometimes there's you know, drug use or, or uh, drug deals going on or any damage to property. You got to remember you have other tenants there and you need to contact the authorities. And then yeah, it's not just the one tenant. There's two or three in the building. You have to protect other tenants. So let's say, oh, they're a nice person, but I don't want to mess with that person. No, actually, your other tenants have the rights that you need to protect them from a, disturb- a disturbing incident. So, Vince Arricchio, there's a lot of people listening right now, and I know I'm going to play this over again because I'm going to write it down. You've got a specific legal checklist for tenants and landlords and leases and deposits and rules and regulations. How can somebody get a hold of you, Vincent? Sure. They are welcome to check out our website, uh, www.reallawchicago.com, or they can call us at 312-263-0010. 
or just get out to uh, Facebook right now. I've got videos of everybody in the studio, Real Estate Revealed on Facebook, or else go to the website itself, realestaterevealed.com, R-E-V-E-A-L-E-D.com. There's biographies, testimonies, everything about uh, all of your co-hosts on the show. And keeping it moving with more great advice, best home staging advice a good realtor will give you. Well, I know who's going to do that. We've got the premier realtor and premier home stager herself, who's a big part of the show, Paula Avenham from App Properties. Good morning, Paula. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Thanks for having me. Okay, so home staging. So the best wisdom uh, that I've ever heard is that um, potential buyers need to see themselves um, in your home as if it's their home. So that's where the staging part comes in. And so that's why... Uh, us real estate agents tell you to clear out any personal pictures um, that you have on the walls. And um, you just, you, you don't want the buyers to envision it as your home. I know that's a hard. Uh, as an appraiser, I've walked into houses in certain rooms and they left things on the bed or they left things on the <laughs> counter or the dresser, you know. Yeah, lots of things happen. <laughs> well, I've been watching these shows. Hey, you know what? We're coming up to a quick break, and this is good timing for a break, right? <laughs> You're listening to the Real Estate Revealed radio show. Enjoyed every Sunday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. on AM 560, The Answer. We're with Paula Avenham, the premier realtor for Matt Properties, and she's got great information to share with you about home staging. We'll be right back. You're listening to Real Estate Revealed with Randy Parcella. Welcome back to the Real Estate Revealed radio show. Enjoyed every Sunday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. I'm Randy Barcella, your show host. And uh, right before the break, we were going over some great home staging advice from the premier realtor from the North Shore at Properties. Yeah, Paula Avenham. Paula left off was um that um yes take out if you can take down you know as many personal pictures um on the walls and rounds on your um i you know uh dressers and things like that around the house um just because you want the buyers to envision it being potentially their home um so that's probably some of the best wisdom that i've ever received as a realtor and i pass it along to my buyers so a lot of times people move out and the house is completely vacant and so yeah. you're saying with home staging, they can, what, what's the? Yeah, so that's, that's great because, right, there are different types of uh, homes that are either already have furniture in there or items in there, and then there are some that are completely empty. So if it's vacant and empty, what does it yeah. make it feel like it's lonely and there's it, nobody living there and there's not a good feeling yeah, when you walk through? Yeah, it's cold and it's um, sometimes people can't, a lot of people don't have that vision and it's, it's, uh, it's more common than uncommon that they can't see what the room space would be like with, you know, with that bed Good point. in there, Good point. It, you know, how much space do I have? And it looks smaller. Yeah. So I have many times, uh, and now almost all the time, I mean, especially for an empty house, it's just a given. You, you just, you have to stage it. Um, for a home, so let's go backwards a little bit for a second here. So for a home that is, already has furniture and things like that, um, so what exactly is, uh, is that staging process look like? So that's more of a, I like to call it, a makeup job. You know, we're going to touch it up. We're going to maybe replace the blinds or the curtains. We're going to add some, you know, change the pillows. Uh, we're going to, we're going to spruce it up. We had a, you know, show that we talked about that, about how we spruce up the homes and the inside and the outside. So um, that cost can really be kept down when you are just 
basically going through and adding some items to the home to make it look nicer or changing some things around like that. Then on the other side where you have a completely vacant home, um, then those uh, uh, staging jobs cost a little bit more because you're, 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 you're adding all the furniture in. So that range is typically from like a condo, you're at about, you know, anywhere from 1000 to $3,000 um, for staging. But I also understand that you're going to get a percentage, a really good percentage more for the sale of your house versus the small cost of the home staging. Yeah, exactly. So based on a study, uh, a recent study um, for the home, there were 100 and sta- 170 stage properties um, valued between three hundred dollars to $500,000, which sold when they were staged within 22 days Wow! compared to the average um, market time of 125 days wow. for the unstaged homes. Um, I personally have seen that happen with homes that weren't staged. And once they went ahead and let me stage it, uh, we were under contract. You know, some, some of them, you know, as quickly as four days. And I don't know if you've seen this. You probably have. You've seen everything. But they move out of the house and maybe your aunt or your grandparents, they had the same couch and other pieces of furniture <laughs> yeah. there for 45 years. I now know. there's stains where it used to be. I know. The furniture used to be. And it's, it, carpet cleaning is gonna got, not going to get that out. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a sensitive conversation to have. So yeah. you really need to just, um, you, you know, hopefully, you know, you're, you, have, you have a great enough relationship with your clients, which, which I feel like I always do. And so, it, you know, we just gently have that conversation about um, not only about the market time that we can sell it quicker, but also the typically when it's staged, you can sell it for more money. That's the other Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. Yeah. It really, it really makes a difference. Um, and I have some great uh, um, ideas and colors and color schemes and uh, couch, you know, where you should place your couch. You know, should you put it in? People tend to take furniture and place it against the wall. You know, it's really easy. Just, oh, I'm just going to push it up against the wall because that's the easiest place. It's just like, you know, uh, you know what, Paula reaction. is not just a premier realtor. This is what she also is really good at, home staging. Yes, I do. And I actually have a full uh, storage unit filled with a couple storage units filled with furniture. So that's actually mm. been helping uh, my clients at, uh, with the cost. Um, and I, I have actually a house right now in Deerfield that we uh, used my furniture to put in there. Oh my gosh, it looks beautiful. Um, and if you do say so yourself. If I do say so myself. <laughs> uh, you know, it took a lot of time to get here. So, uh, and a lot of great uh, mentors and people to, to, to help me to get here. So I can't take all of the uh, credit. But with that said, um, I... Well, I do have a question for yeah. you. Question what's, from Vincent. What's the hot color uh, in either for this winter, I mean, I'm sorry to say it's February, or going into the spring, if you were to recommend for staging purposes, what is a good color nowadays? What's popping? So, yeah, so there was, um, we just had an article that came out with App Properties that uh, talking about the colors. Um, yellows um, have been big accentuating color Mm. for homes, whether it's that you add yellow pillows to your green couch. Ah. So the yellows, the greens, um, lighter colors, you know, we're getting going into spring. So lighter colors are better. We're not focusing on the... Are we out of the grays and the, and the beiges a little? Yeah, we oh, are. Oh, thank goodness for that. Oh, my well, gosh. That was so long, you yeah. know that? It was hey, a girl, long time. to a quick break. And, <laughs> break and, oh, boy, I'm learning a lot from Paula Avenham about uh, staging your property. Not only is it worth the small investment to stage, but you're going to get a lot more money, and it's going to sell in a lot less time than just 
vacant. Uh, wow. I'm Randy Barcella, your show host. Thank you all so much for making us your Sunday habit. We are here on the big game Sunday. Hope your team wins tonight. We're having a blast with you this morning. And we come back more of Paula Avenham. You're listening to Real Estate Revealed with Randy Barcella. It's not unusual to be us to love our audience and have a blast every Sunday morning. Welcome back to the Real Estate Revealed Radio Show. Enjoyed every Sunday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. I'm Randy Barcella, your show host. And uh, hey, what's us head out to the website? Realestaterevealed.com, R-E-V-E-A-L-E-D.com. And there's videos right now on Facebook this morning of all of us in the studio. Yeah, Real Estate Revealed on Facebook. Before the break, we were going over some really valuable uh, tips that are proven to help you sell your house for more money and for less time on the market if you consider staging it. Paula Avenham. Hi, Randy. Okay, so I wanted to just mention also that with um, because of COVID, there obviously have been some there were some changes in uh, showing homes and staging and uh, live live showing. So I'm going to just mention that 18 uh, deal killing home staging mistakes um, that. Uh, even experienced realtors make, and especially with COVID right now. So you pick out five of the top. Okay, I'm going to pick out five. So one of them is <laughs> big mistake uh, is not creating a virtual tour of your newly staged listing. So oh, that makes sense. So they can see it online, right? They can see it online. And the other thing is too is that let's say that you have you're you're staging your home and there's a or you're you're in the process, but you want it to go live. So the beautiful thing is that you can actually virtually stage a room. I just did it. It's unbelievably, it's a cool process. I've seen those photos you, where they show yeah, it vacant and then with furniture. With staged furniture. Beautiful. So, yeah, yeah, you can get like on, you can get it up low, you can get it uploaded right away so that it's on the MLS so that um, buyers that are out there looking are looking through that. And if it resonates with them, guess what? They become a more real buyer coming walking through your property so you don't just have your tire kickers walking through uh, you have more serious buyers okay the other thing is is that you want to stage a big mistake is that you're going to don't stage your uh home with furniture that is too large for the space yeah okay? then the third the one room. oh and i see this all the time big mistake empty bed frames or cheap linen oh yes avoid that another one is not including a cute pet in at least one of your stage photos. Well, what what pet's not cute? So basically, not including not including a pet in your photos. Include them. It looks it's adorable. And guess what? Everyone's going to share that live. So it's going to go on Instagram, Facebook, and every uh, social media platform out there. And then the last one is not using accent wall walls. You have to accent your walls. It, it really helps. Um, you know, just because you have pretty paint colors up there, just go out and you can go on Pinterest to get some ideas and uh, hang some nice pieces on your wall. Paula, I know your list is at 18 and we just touched <laughs> the, surface, the, the surface of this, but there's a lot of people that really want your checklist. How can they get a hold of you? Uh, you can call me at 773-988-7341 or you can text me at that number. You can email me at paulaavenum at atproperties.com. Um, of course, I'm on the show, AM560, Real Estate Revealed, um, and I'm on Facebook as Paula Avenham. Thank you. Fantastic. Wow, Paula Avenham. And you know what? We're all working today uh, after the show. This is not one of those shows that, you know, it's uh, recorded some other part of the world and it's syndicated. We're your local hosts from your local town. We're from here. And so we're working today. You could call any one of us for advice from 930 a.m. on this morning. 
Uh, speaking of great advice, I get this question asked all the time. Uh, oh, Randy, uh, I, I go do homebuyer seminars and I go to real estate offices and mortgage company offices, attorney offices. I say, who thinks that FHA calls for repairs and there's an FHA inspector that's going to come out to your home if you go FHA? So you're not going FHA. Everybody raises their hands. Oh, we all know that there's an FHA inspector. Guess what? There is no FHA inspector. There has not been one in 23 years. 23 years ago, I was at the Sheraton in Lyle. The HUD Home, Home, HUD Home Ownership Center, FHA, came in here from Atlanta. And they said, we are no longer in the calling for repair business. This is 23 years ago, everybody. So stop perpetuating the, this urban myth that there's an FHA inspector that comes and calls for repairs. FHA said they used to have something called a VC sheet, valuation condition checklist. And that's where the appraiser called for repairs. But as of 23 years ago till now, FHA says, if your house complies with local building and zoning codes, and you have passed your home inspection and there's no health or safety concerns, that's it. FHA is not calling for repairs and there is not an FHA inspector. But here's the, F, here's the problem. A lot of realtors and homeowners still believe in this urban myth. So they say, when you list it for sale, we're not going FHA. We're, gonna, we're not rebuilding our house. It's urban myth. And you know what? There's appraisers that are calling for a shopping list of repairs now because that probably they're not up to date on continuing education or they're only getting paid 300 or 320 or lower on the appraisal fee when it should be 400 or 450 because there's an appraisal management company giving them the work. The appraiser says, I'm going to get away with calling for a bunch of repairs because I need a $125 reinspection fee. And that's wrong. If an appraiser calls for cosmetic things that you know are not, uh, should not be, or they're not in the HUD guideline 4000.1 handbook, you tell the appraiser, copy and paste the paragraph or sentences that says, I have to do this. And if they can't, you're not doing it. And if, and if the reappraiser refuses, you call me. And I'm going to call, well, I'll give you the FHA hotline in Atlanta, Georgia. They cannot. Um, you know, Randy, Randy I'm so, ahead, Paula Avenham. I'm so glad that you're um, talking about this topic because it is, it, I mean, everybody sort of has had this myth that the, when you, once you see FHA, you just kind of like take a little deep breath because you're like, oh gosh, you know, do we have to have our homeowners fix everything like you said? Um, because that's what they that's what that's the myth that they require everything to be perfect. It's not. It's not. It's urban myth. So you want to sell your house FHA because presently fifty one percent of all houses are being sold FHA because it's three and a half percent down. You don't have to come up with 10, 15, 20 percent down. I'm Randy Barcel, your show host, and I've got some more information to dispel the myths versus reality about FHA and repairs as soon as we come back. Uh, Thank you all so much much for making us your Sunday habit. Uh, Our website, realestaterevealed.com, R-E-V-E-A-L-E-D.com. We'll be right back. Real Estate Revealed with your host, Randy Parcella. Like heaven on earth can't take my eyes off of you. You're too good to be true and I can't sing at all. But welcome back to the Real Estate Revealed radio show. And I am Randy Parcella, your show host. We're going over some really important information that I get hit with every month, every year. Uh, The urban myth is that I spoke about right before the break. I said... FH, a lot of people are scared uh, when the realtors hear about it and the home buyers hear about it and the loan officer, everybody, oh my gosh, you're going FHA. Don't because there's an FHA inspector that comes out and FHA calls for repairs. 
23 years ago, FHA Home Ownership Center came into Illinois. They said, we no longer call for repairs. If your house complies with local building and zoning codes and there's no health and safety concerns, it's okay with them. But the urban myth is being perpetuated by appraisers that don't know what they're doing and they're calling for cosmetic repairs. Here's a couple things. I'm in on a home uh, inspection. I'm on an appraisal this few months back. The home inspector was there. The home buyer also was there, which isn't usual. They said, hey, Randy, you're going to call for GFI outlets, kitchen and bathrooms, right? Because it's FHA. I said, no, FHA does not require that. That's an urban myth. Nowhere in FHA guidelines that say you have to. But you're going to call for smoke and carbon monoxide alarms, Randy. No, the FHA prohibits us from calling for that because now we're being enforcers of state laws. We can't do that as an appraiser. Your lender may want that. Your village may say you need GFCI outlets, but FHA does not call for that. I get appraisers calling for peeling paint on a 5, 10, 15, 20-year-old house. It's absurd. There is no peeling. There is no lead-based paint on any home after 1978. They don't make it. You can't buy it. There isn't. But they're getting away with calling for peeling paint. Um, so if you're a realtor listening or a homeowner and you've got this list of repairs that, you, that the appraiser called for, call me, 708-870-9400. Even if it's not my deal, it doesn't matter. We are here to educate you. 708-870-9400. I promise you that 99% of the repairs that are being called for are cosmetic in nature, and they should not be. And like I said, if the appraiser, you get a list of repairs, you tell the appraiser, where in HUD guidelines says I have to do that, and it's not in there. So they have to take it off. If they don't, you're going to sue them. You're going to pull the deal from the lender because they're using an inexperienced uh, appraiser. And then Vincent Arricchio was talking about uh, at a bank, the bank says, no, FHA is calling for that. There's repairs that FHA wants. They're lying to you. FHA does not call for repairs. FHA does not tell the bank to call for repairs. It's urban myth. Well, thank <clears> you <throat> for sharing that because uh, it must be the posturing yeah. uh, of some of these entities or or the gall. Well, I think of- like, or like what Randy said, they, they're not educated. They haven't stayed up to... Here's where I will call for repairs. Health and safety. I walk up to the house. The shingles are curling, falling off. I go to the second floor. It stains, uh, water stains. That's a big deal. Sure. The house is 50, 60, 70 years old, peeling paint. That must be remediated. I go in the basement. There's no furnace. There's no hot water tank. You have to have that. Your house has to be in at least average condition and livable. Mm-hmm. And all the utilities on. If I go in a house and there's two prong outlets, that's a problem. If you have three prong outlets, that's grounded. That's fine. Um, it's got to be a health and safety concern. If there's flooding in the basement, you know that's a health. Uh, if it appears to be mold, I'll take pictures and send it in. An appraiser can't tell you fix the mold. You can't tell if it's mold unless you have it tested. So yeah, call me seven zero eight eight seven zero ninety four hundred. I could do a Zoom call with your office. Uh, just help you out with a lot of valuable information about it. But uh, moral of the story, FHA does not call for repairs, and there is no FHA inspector. Hey, we're at the end of the hour. i got to thank the other co-hosts, Pat Canone, mortgage loan consultant from Loan Depot, Teresa Mueller, broker owner of the Trillium Real Estate Group, Sandra Wright, realtor from Chicago Properties, Vincent Arricchio, well, he's right here, Brad Hedick, owner of Commercial Lending X, Mark Ailey, property manager from GC Realtor, and of course, Joshua Buckhalter, the premier producer here at AM560, The Answer. So um, be well, make it a great week, Josh. and I can't wait to see you next Sunday morning on AM560, The Answer.